Welcome to the Calmer Mom Podcast, where we go from conception through pregnancy, birth, and beyond to help you be the mom your kids are actually asking for. Pregnancy, birth, and motherhood aren't easy, but they don't have to be so hard. You're not alone in this journey. I'm Michelle Noble, creator of the Calmer Mom Project. Mama, I've been there, and I've got your back. So let's begin. Hey, Mama. Have you heard all those stories of beautiful and miraculous pregnancies, and that is just not your experience? Maybe you have depression or fatigue, morning sickness. Are you worried all the time? I have a five-minute quiz that will help you relieve the sucky parts of pregnancy. If you'd like to take it right now, head over to the description of this episode and find your happy pregnancy place. Because what if pregnancy doesn't have to suck? Well, welcome everybody. Today here on the Calmer Mom podcast, we have a very one of my favorite people. I will say it, one of my favorite people. Her name is Allison Felt. She is Dr. Allison Felt. She is a postpartum and prenatal physical therapist, a woman's health specialist in physical therapy. The way I met Allison is years ago, I was looking to connect with other providers who worked with women prenatally. And I saw that there was going to be this workshop that Allison was offering. So I went to it with my mindset, like I was going to network, right? And I get there and I'm listening to her talk and all the stuff, what I had going on, this is about four years after my younger child had been born and I was doing Taekwondo, which I loved, except I'd started to have this pain in my low back hip area to the point where I was, I actually, I think I'd already stopped going to class because I was, you know, it was just not, it wasn't going away just by resting and icing and doing stretches that I knew that kind of thing. And so as Allison was talking about the implications When you do not get your strength back through your pelvis and your balance back through your pelvis after pregnancy, how this has these downstream implications for backs and hips and knees and the impact that can have on women even on up into their 50s, 60s, 70s, the knee replacements, the hip replacements, all these issues that we tend to label as being just the side effect of aging are actually not the only choice we have. And a lot of that can go back to our history in terms of being pregnant and having babies and and the degree to which we regain our pelvic and body integrity after that. So I was like, I raised my hand and I said, does that mean like even like four years postpartum? And she said, why? Yes, it does. (laughs) So she did some work with me that was incredibly helpful. I learned tons and I couldn't believe the things that I had never heard about bodies and pregnancy and women's health that Allison taught me. She is a rock star. She's my go-to referral resource. I'm lucky enough that her practice is very close to where I live. And I'm just delighted that she is joining us today. Hi, Allison. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much. What a lovely intro. And I, I think you, you got it all. So I can go home now. Everyone knows. <laughs> oh no it's lovely thank you for having me and i'm excited for the calmer mom project and to see where your podcast takes you so i'm excited to be one of your first interviewees so thank you for having me cool so let's see where shall we start like what are some things that you just wish everybody knew that still is one of the best kept secrets in yeah myself? <laughs> no that's a great question and I I love how we met and I love that that was like five years ago now how is that even possible but yeah we can get into you know what do I think every single woman should know who is of childbearing years we can absolutely talk about that and I will um a lot of what you started with 
you know, of why I developed the practice that I did and why I decided to go into women's health was truly because we were seeing, I was seeing women and treating women in their 50s and 60s with hip and knee replacements or just arthritis that were turning into hip and knee replacements. And a lot of those surgeries were happening because they, those women never got the opportunity to restore their core after after childbirth. So what ended up happening is that their joints ended up taking a lot of the forces and pretty much just wearing out and creating compensations. So their bodies weren't working for them. And therefore, when that happens, you might go to PT to get your knee feeling better, but that doesn't always heal the root cause of why that knee went out in the first place or why you started to have issues with the knee in the first place. And so really that's where we saw a lack of education and and there just needed to be a change. And I really think that the movement of pelvic floor physical therapy and postpartum physical therapy especially has just taken off over the last five years. Since I've started this business across the nation, so many other people in my same shoes have started their businesses of, you know, really truly advocating. And I and I do think we're in a much better time now where people know that like you need to demand this regardless of how a baby comes out of your body, whether it's through your vagina or through a belly, you have changes in your body that aren't going to just restore themselves naturally. Your muscles don't just kick on the way they should. And so we need to retrain those muscles, retrain the pelvic floor, retrain the belly, retrain the core. And that right there is going to save you a lifetime of your joints. And we're not just talking joints, of course, we're talking about bladder issues as well. How many of our moms are leaking urine still, right? And, and are just okay doing that. And so, um, and so that's, you know, that's what I'm here to prevent. And I'm here to change the world. So we don't have all these women peeing their pants in nursing homes in wheelchairs, sitting there with their joint replacements, because they can't even move. Unfortunately, by the time they get to nursing home age, assisted living age, their problemless of what is wrong with their bodies is so long and that it just to talk about healing the core at that point, it's not necessarily irrelevant, but there's so many other things going on that there's just not time to treat those root causes. So treat them postpartum, treat them right away is really where I stand. Now, as the business has evolved and as my practice has evolved, I've really come to see how we can even make the postpartum experience better, but we can talk about that as, as we go on. Yes. So my message is every single person needs pelvic floor physical therapy. And it's actually regardless of whether you have had a baby or not. I really believe that truly everyone needs this information so they know how their bodies work and can prevent these things like hip and knee replacement later down the line. So Yeah, I remember one of the conversations we had as I asked about whether this made sense for men too. And you said yes. And in my husband's case, he had an abdominal surgery. So there's that issue of like scar tissue and how that changes how the body functions. But then just generally, like the way we use our bodies now, how close is that to how they were actually evolved or designed to work? I mean, you know, go back 100, 150 years ago, the way we would have been using our bodies is so dynamically different than the way we use them now, not to like make it like this fantasy world, because we would have like probably died by my age, because we would have gotten an infected toenail, and it would have taken us out, you know, but so there were some downsides, but we would have spent our days moving and bending and stretching in a in a far wider range of ways than of course we do, we do now. Yeah, well, 80% of men have 
changes to their prostate as they age. That is a huge percentage of men. And so as the prostate changes, it usually gets bigger. And that's where men have problems with erectile dysfunction. That's where men have problems with urinary incontinence. And a lot of times men just opt for the surgery. They get a prostateectomy or get some of the prostate removed so that they can pee better or have erections and things like that. Again, that can leave men incontinent. So for, for men, a lot of the issues don't happen until later on versus women are accelerated due to the childbearing. But yeah, it's, it's very common. And even just the simple things, like some of, just something I would teach every single client who comes in the door here, really how to use their pelvic floor. We teach people kind of regardless of what brought you in, you need to know what healthy habits are for for taking care of your body, taking care of pelvic floor. And so we teach everyone, number one, how to breathe all the way down to their vagina and their anus, right? We're teaching them how to pull the air down there so they can relax these muscles and start working these muscles in a full range of motion because that's a healthy muscle. One thing we also teach is 90, I would say 100% of people don't need to be doing Kegels. So we are really anti-Kegel, right? Wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> so we've, we, you know, like so much out there, and I, I do believe this has started to shift as well, but so much out there has been like, just go ahead and bust out, you know, 80 Kegels a day and you'll be continent. Majority of the people we see, especially premenopausal, this there's very few exceptions, should not be doing Kegels. The fact is most people's pelvic floors are already fully contracted and they aren't going to contract when you tell that muscle to contract anymore. And then it becomes a pointless action. It'd be like walking around doing bicep curls. What's that doing for your body other than making your arm a little sore and it might make it a little tighter. And with the pelvic floor, the tightness isn't, isn't good. Tightness means that we have less control of our bowels of our urination. It usually makes intercourse less pleasurable. And so everyone thinks they like, they want a tight vagina, right? Like that's like cool. But from a pelvic floor perspective, we don't, we don't want these muscles very tight because everybody's muscles are very tight. The pelvic floor is, is very reactive to stress. And most of us live with some form of stress, right? And so the pelvic floor tends to tighten in response to the stress. It could be emotional stress, physical stress, any type of stress. And a lot of times the pelvic floor doesn't learn how to just let go. So we're teaching people to relax their pelvic floors, to open and breathe into their pelvic floors. And then number three, we teach them how to poop. So I think having really good, healthy poops and bowel movements every single day is just imperative to having a healthy body and having a healthy pelvic floor as well. And, you know, constipation is not diagnosed until you, you don't poop for every four days, but a, a healthy person, a healthy pelvic floor, you want to have a bowel movement every single day. Having a bowel movement takes the pressure off all your other organs, helps keep them inside your body, helps keep things healthy. <laughs> yeah, like that's a lot of shit to hold on to. Right. <laughs> Exactly. And who wants to carry that around? <laughs> who wants to carry that around, right? I will say, as you know, I still work with bodies in, in terms of anatomy to some degree, but I now work with bodies far more on an energetic level or combining those two things. And one of the things that stood out to me is what you know in your business isn't just from what you've learned from your clients, right? Absolutely. You are experientially living both how 
you know, the experience of pregnancy and birth and postpartum in your own body, the experience of the demands or points of view like that we have about bodies around like how our bodies are supposed to be in pregnancy and how births are supposed to go. And I was actually just reading a post yesterday where they were talking about like the placenta is an organ. (laughs) And when we deliver the placenta after delivering the baby, it actually leaves this wound internally in our body. So we basically just shed an organ. And yet if you were walking around having just like, if you just had a kidney removed, (laughs) or if you were walking around with this bleeding wound on the exterior of your body, and yet you're like, I got to get the dishes done. No, honey. I mean, you got to go to work in the morning. So I'll stay up all night with the baby. Like these points of view that we seem to have as such a demand we put on ourselves or accept on ourselves of like the, the go, go, go. So I'm, I'm kind of interested in what you were saying about how even relaxation of the pelvic floor actually creates more capacity or strength versus that constant holding or tension or effort. Yeah. And how that actually could, you know, it's true in all areas, like this push we do, this efforting, this drive, as opposed to actually allowing there to be a relaxation. Uh, I wonder what you have to, what you know about that from your many, many different angles you've experienced this, both motherhood and professionally. Oh, that's such a beautiful question. Because obviously, you know, as a business owner, you feel like you go through phases of push, right? Maybe phases of phases of not pushing so much. So it is just such a beautiful question. There's such a beautiful insight, right? Like when we allow space and relaxation to happen, that's when things things happen, right? So I've been in business since 2017. We met when I was still doing home visits. You were one of my first clients in my actual downtown Edmonds location. And now we're in two two locations, Edmonds and Polesbow. So this, this business is just a complete and utter reflection of my life to a T. Like there couldn't be anything more parallel. So if I ever want to look to see where my business is going, I just need to look and see where my life is going. And I will have clear depiction of exactly where this business is going. I love that. Thank you for saying that out loud. And, you know, maybe we should all just take a minute to let the implications of that sink in. (laughs) So one thing I think is, interesting for what you brought up. And, you know, we're entrepreneurs, right? So we have all these vast and glorious and amazing ideas. And we can get hooked on a project and want to bust something out and get it done and then move on to the next, whether that's like creation of new businesses or whatever that is. So I really do feel like there are seasons where I I do push and get through more, like live in more of that tension state. Mm -hmm. then there's seasons that I've had to learn to absolutely let go and pull back and relax. When I start to feel my own body go into these tension patterns, and some might call it like more anxious state of being, like where I feel my sympathetic nervous system kick on, or I just feel less less at ease. That's, That's my number one sign. I need to pull back. I need to pull off. I need to cancel everything on my schedule. I need to figure out a way that I can decompress and like get out of here, not just physically, but emotionally. For me, when I do that and like actually listen to those cues and take care of like my emotional body, things in the business explode. So when I had October, I had a lot of things going on. I hired a couple new employees. I was really in the trenches of training. I was also treating heavily at that point, and maybe this was more September, September, October. And I just knew I was like, I have to get out of here. Like, like 
this isn't sustainable. Like that push time, that tension phase is not sustainable. And even though like you might want to hold your reins on it, there's just no part of me. I think the old me probably would have like held on and stayed there. The new part of me, I'm like, see, I'm going to vacation for a week. Like I, I can't be here any longer. I have to know that. Like, so now I intentionally schedule a vacation every quarter at this point, just for my mental health. And regardless of what's going on around me, I have to be able to like pull out. And every single time that I listen to this, that I listen to my own self and my own body and pull back and pull out, beautiful exponential growth happens for the business, for myself, for everything. And so I've had huge positive feedback and living in that relaxation phase that now I just, it is so lovely. But in nature, like humanly, I am such a driver. This is not about pelvic floor. I I mean, it can be too. You know, like it is so, you just, you have to live in both those phases and there's a time Mm -hmm. for tension and there's a time for relaxation. But the issue with our pelvic floor is that unless we are cognitively, mentally connected to our pelvic floors, our pelvic floors get stuck in our times of tension. And if we don't know how to bring our bodies back down to this relaxation phase and we're not connected to that, then we just live in this point of tension. Then we just live with all these compensations that start to happen in our bodies to take compensate essentially for that pelvic floor not working. So what's going to happen now that our pelvic floor is not working? Okay, our abs might take over a little bit more. Hopefully our glutes are strong so they can take over. Most likely not. A lot of times it's our joints that end up taking the heat for this. And that's why this dynamic of like having that relaxation or at least knowing how to get back there is so important. So then your daily movements, maybe what you love to do for movement or exercise is going to be more advantageous for the health of your pelvic floor. That is so cool. And I love both sides of that. Maybe I didn't express to you my secret agenda that wasn't meant to be so secret. Like I actually, it's my intention with all the shows that we do that we as people, but you know, we as mamas, we as women, we're multidimensional and we all have a lot of different things going on. And the period of like pregnancy and the newborn period, particularly, there's such an intense focus on that on what's going on with that. And I think that it's really important that we continue to see ourselves multidimensionally. <laughs> and also that those that exactly what you said, that what's going on in your business is showing you what's going on in your life and what's going on in your life beyond your business is showing you what's going on with the business. And I've learned that a lot, especially this last year has been a really brought that into focus for me as well. So when you were talking about how when you take that space you need and you step back and you allow things to unfold and happen without you being like right there in it, that actually also reminded me a lot of motherhood. How, you know, if we try to manage every aspect of our kids' life and their experience and try to protect them and like hold them in this little bubble and make sure we direct everything perfectly for them, it actually does not allow them the space to expand into something the great, you know, that greatness that we might not even be aware is possible, you know, those things, that magic, like, oh, wow, that was right there waiting. And it was just needed the space to unfold. When I think of my, like, business life, it is, we we think about how we want to raise our humans, of course, right? Like, how do we want to raise our humans? And when I think about the employees I have, 
I'm like, what are these, what are the characteristics that make someone such a good and effective employee? And I'll be totally honest. It's the people in life. And I think this is beyond just employees. I'm just using this example. It's the people in life that have had adversity, right? They've had shit thrown at them and they know how to fucking get through the shit. Sorry to swear. But like, that is the, that is the people that you want on your team, right? That yeah. that can be effective in those environments. And honestly, that's how I want my kids to be. So like, I completely agree, like sheltering them, trying to curate their experiences and like be the creator of their lives. Like I, I'm just working on the, being the creator of my life at this point. I can like <laughs> guide them, you know, but I think one of the things in our society, especially is like really trying to protect our kids from this adversity. Whereas, you know, we want our kids to be able to have some adversity thrown at them to be able to get through this adversity, you know, and and I think that's what's going to drive them. Of course, we never want anything bad to happen to them. But life is full of, you know, quote unquote trauma or maybe not ideal experiences, if that's how you want to look at it. But it's just being able to learn and grow from those. And and so that's kind of my philosophy on parenting. I don't read a whole lot of parenting books. I don't try to curate my kids' experience. I'm really just like, you know, I'm there for them, of course. <laughs> but... I'm also not afraid of them having to go through any adversity. What if that intensity of the birth process is one of those first experiences of adversity that our babies go through in order to begin to prepare them for that life is not comfortable, but uncomfortable isn't the same as dead. That's kind of been one of my little, you know, memes or whatever that I <laughs> I love like, that. You know, like when looking at that, like yeah. uncomfortable is not the same as dead. Yeah. And like change is part of life. It's going to happen and you can like resist it and try to keep everything the same or you can buckle up and say, let's go and see what happens. And my kids are always surprising me and making me uncomfortable, <laughs> putting me in a place of awe and wonder at what they know and what they're creating that is beyond what I could necessarily imagine or define as being um, you know, like when you said, we don't want anything really bad to happen to them, but what does bad mean? Like, yeah, right. clearly there's a point which is like tragic, but there's a lot that could show up as bad. You know, I remember see, the first time when we, when Rose, the first Rosemary's first day of kindergarten, we went ahead and stuck her on the school bus, maybe it was the second day, but we went ahead and stuck her on the school bus. She got lost. She was crying. Like she had this like miserable time trying to find her classroom. And luckily somebody we knew and one other man that was super kind, like helped her to find her classroom and got her settled in. And I grappled with having some guilt, like, oh, maybe I should have kind of sheltered her more through that experience. But she came away like she handled it. She handled it. She handled it. And she learned that she could handle it. And those experiences where they have a chance to pull from their own resources are the ones I see the places they're willing to go, where there's some anxiety, there's some discomfort or some intensity, and they do have the capacity to ask for help or look around and see what choices do I have to, you know, that to navigate that. So I thank you for what you were saying with that. And, and interestingly, like in terms of my business too, that willingness to go, okay, now's that time for me to still have my awareness with the business, but not in that doing intensity push energy, you know, like when are those times and asking to 
be aware of that. So right. thank you. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to share? I guess I'll just touch on pregnancy, maybe just for a, just a quick second, because we talked about, you know, healing postpartum, and that's really essential. But really what I've seen that makes the biggest impact in helping keep the core intact is truly having pelvic floor PT during pregnancy. That can really amplify the healing decrease the healing times, decrease the rate of birth injuries. So the amount of healing that needs to be done is a whole lot less than not having it at all. So really, like I started out with my mission of postpartum and that shaped the business. But as this business has evolved, I've just seen how much impact we can have if we can see someone during their pregnancy and what that saves them in in the postpartum experience. So I feel like I wouldn't have done this episode justice if I didn't touch on that. So thank you for letting me say that. Yeah. And actually, I was looking at your website and I noticed you even spoke to fertility that going back one more step in the support you can give and the support that's available. Can you mention how that ties in? So when our pelvic floors are really tight, when so when they live in that more contracted state, what they turn into is more is the, what the muscle turns into when it's living in that state, it becomes tight, it becomes dehydrated, it turns into more of a beef jerky type of quality. Okay, so kind of think about beef jerky. Well, if we have beef jerky, we don't have a lot of blood flow. Therefore, our ovaries, our fallopian tubes, our uterus, those organs need to move inside our body. So they have to ebb and flow. They're just naturally always moving. They It's called expirate and spirit. So they just move inside our body. And when they don't move and they're frozen or there's adhesions around those areas, then you start to see all these infertility conditions. Could be non-diagnosed, just like mechanical infertility, or it could be infertility because of endometriosis or other diagnoses like PCOS. So all of that stuff mechanical infertility included, we can really make an impact on if we can improve the hydration of the pelvic floor and the movement of the organs in the belly. And the effects are just amazing. And I don't know why every single fertility doctor doesn't refer to pelvic floor PT because I've had cases where people have had IVF like three times and it hasn't worked. And then they come here and then they get pregnant naturally. And it's like, how is this not a thing? Yeah. And I will say, you know, what you just said about how even fertility specialists don't necessarily know or whether I'm going to say they don't know, because I'd like to believe if they knew they would take, they would refer their clients. But I was working at a physical therapy office doing massage and body work a while back. And I was very surprised at how my clients would come in. And because of working with you, I had so much more awareness around that. I would ask them if they were having, say they came with back problems, knee problems, hip problems. I would ask, well, do you have kids? They often had. <laughs> and I'd ask them some questions about that. And then I'd say, and, you know, I'd say, did you ever talk with your physical therapist about that? And they would look kind of perplexed. And they would say, no, I don't think they ever ask about that. So I know these were top of the line physical therapists, but they just for whatever reason, didn't have the information or the awareness around asking those questions. So if somebody who's listening is just ask questions, like listen to this and then go, okay, what other questions could I ask? Who do I need to talk to? To be more of a, you know, more proactive, or if some of this is popping for you as you're listening, just be aware that not everybody you ask who's a medical professional 
may have the awareness around this to give you the support that is possible to actually have. And don't look around at what's considered normal and decide that that's the best it can be. Totally. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate, but like, that's, I mean, that's really what we see here is, you know, someone's had sciatic pain for three years. They went to the, they've been in and out of physical therapy. It went away. It came back. It went away. They never got to the root cause of what was causing that sciatic pain in the first place, which was so much scar tissue through the pelvic floor, old C-section scars from like a couple birth injuries. Therefore their core couldn't work because they were just treating the symptoms at these other clinics. So we have to get to the level of care where we're really treating the whole body and treating that whole history. It's so important. And that's the only way to really, truly, I think, live like this supple, beautiful life and age with grace. So thank you. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Supple, beautiful life. And I will say, you know, I'll go there. One thing that popped to mind is beef jerky and great orgasms aren't really the thing that I usually think of as going together. Yeah. So yeah. And orgasm is the energy of life. So supple, beautiful, orgasmic living. You're going to need to hey, say hi to yeah. <laughs> your pelvic floor. <laughs> right. And I'll let you conclude it here, but I didn't say the opposite of the beef jerky is really that like hydrated steak, like a good, healthy, hydrated steak that can contract and relax. That's the kind of tissue that can have really awesome, amazing orgasms. Beef jerky is not going to be able to get you to that orgasm. <laughs> yes. So. All right. I think beef... <laughs> Living beyond beef jerky is where we'll wrap this episode up. Thank you so much, Allison. So actually tell me, what else do you have in the world where people could find and tap into your wisdom? Yeah. So I host the Edmonds Moms Room podcast. So you can find me there and you can find us on Facebook at Body Motion PT. Used to be able to find us on Instagram, but we are currently shut down. So hopefully we'll have that back one day. But regardless, you can find us at our website, bodymotionpt.com. Awesome. Yes. And if people do not live anywhere near our beautiful part of the the Northwest United States, what are some things like, what would, would they just Google women's health specialist PT or like, how do they find somebody that can support them closer to where they live? Yeah, they can reach out to us and we can help refer them to someone in their area, but they can Google pelvic floor physical therapy and find someone near them. We also do have an online birth prep program. So if you don't have access to a physical therapist, definitely something you'd want to consider. And we will be rolling out our postpartum online program in the new year. So yay. Thank you so much, Allison. I think this has been some great information and certainly fun to get to talk to you again. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, mama, are you curious about something you heard today? For more resources from this episode, check the Calmer Mom podcast show notes. And if you know that easier pregnancy and birth and joyful, confident motherhood are possible, but everyone is telling you you're crazy to think so, schedule a free chat with me or discover more Calmer Mom resources at calmermom.solutions. You got this, Mama, more than you think you do, and I'm here to help. Thanks for listening.